0: All right, all right, Good morning, Emmanuel. How many love Jesus today? I know we're shouting in all of our locations. Big shout out to Lakeville, Elk River, Maple Grove, Spring Lake Park. And then those that are joining online today, it's a great day to be in church. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> and uh, I have to make a comment. This has been my favorite winter Ever. It has just been fantastic. Absolutely incredible. Makes you want to live in Minnesota the rest of your life, right? <laughs> hey, we've I wanna welcome everyone back tonight for our vision night. It's especially members, but also anyone wanna reflect on what God did this last year. There's a lot of things. And then think about and peek into the future. We also um, affirm our, our global elders. They're lay leaders of the church um, that are f- responsible for fiduciary responsibilities, that kind of thing. And so I invite you to come right back tonight and uh, it'll be a great night together. We've been in this series called Breaking Through. And no, I'm not the guy that's on the video swinging the sledgehammer. You didn't think I was, did you? <laughs> you weren't, did I lose my mic here a second? You didn't think I was, did you? (laughs) Uh, I can tell you, um, I have been so excited about the breakthroughs that are happening in your life, your family. We're finishing up 21 days of prayer and fasting. And and, um, even if you don't feel it, something's changing. Like with Daniel, as we started the series off with, he hears the very first prayer. And the answer is on the way. Can I get an amen to that? And yet, I also know we're at the end of the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, and feasting is also spiritual. Come on, somebody. And so we get to participate together in what God is going to do through feasting as well. Uh, Last week, as we uh, kept the series going, Paul Hurtman was here. How many enjoyed Paul? Uh, Just he continued with our series, and he used our word for the year, Everyone Everywhere, and connected... What we do here with people on the other side of the world and a rescuing story of people that are rescued from trafficking, and then not stopping there with the rescue, but also educating them and developing people and giving them purpose and empowering them into the future. And we laid out a challenge for you, church, where we said, hey, today we wanted to to go uh, uh, make a significant difference to build the center and uh, we laid out a challenge with friends. In one day, $77,000 came in because you believe in making a difference around the world. And I know the big number may not seem like much, but to me, it's just hey, we just hear from God and never want you to feel shamed. And on the giving side of things, it's an opportunity. And maybe God would prompt you for an opportunity. You step into it, but you also get the reward. And you get to see what God is doing, and it's, it's super powerful. Um, he, Paul also mentioned this thought of the kingdom being like a mustard seed. You remember he read from that text in Mark? And that it grows and it's exponential. Well, I experienced just how the kingdom of God grows just about a week and a half ago when I flew to Texas. And uh, a Kingdom Builder partner, friend of ours, uh, Kevin Ramsby from Fight to Forgive, uh, invited me to go into the prison. Uh, with him and visit prisoners on death row. And uh, many of you prayed, so I want to say thank you for praying. Well, we went in, and you can see the picture now, that uh, as we step in there, Kevin and his son Noah uh, were there, but the two guys that are in white, uh, Troop and Gary, are field ministers are called, their prisoners who are also on life sentences, but they have been trained and they're released to go to other parts of the prison to minister as if they were pastors in the prison. Isn't that cool? And uh, and I was so impressed with these field ministers. And I want to ask you to pray for them. These are people that have found purpose in a place that m- many of us will never go, hopefully, uh, for, for good reasons. Um, and we want to lift up our brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ that are also doing that. And it was just a powerful experience as they led me in. And uh, there were three pods of, of death row uh, sections that I spoke with. And in each one, there are about 14 uh, cells. And the, the prisoners there, they never come out. And they're fed daily. And, uh, and yet, with G- Jesus, there is hope not just in this life, but in the life to come, but also not just in the life to come. Like they have purpose to their days. And in each of them, um, God is doing a work. And there are brothers in Christ and people that are seeking. And they did a church service. And there were other field ministers that were worship team members next to me. And uh, I could hear, it was the most beautiful worship I've ever heard, as I heard not only these, these people on the team worshiping, but also the sound coming out of the cells as they worship God. It was the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. And it was powerful what God's kingdom is doing there. In fact, I think each of those pods are churches. They've given themselves names for those sections, and uh, they're, they're pretty powerful. There's... Uh, what are some of the names that they've got? They've got the big shout out to the house of the Lord and to Devil Stompers and to the Chain Breakers. So we love you guys. I'm thinking about you this morning. And they watch us on our on the Pando app, which is something you support through Kingdom Builders. And we're in prisons all over the United States and super powerful. So Thank you for that. Hey, I, I'm ready to jump into today, today's word. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7. The title of my message is Just Say the Word. Just say the word. You know, uh, I, I believe that it's important not only that we have faith to break through, but we think about who we're breaking through for and I believe that God would have you be somebody that your prayers make a difference for the people in your life, that you're not just relying on that super spiritual person you know, or you have to get the pastor only to pray, but that God can answer your prayers. And in this story, you're going to see the path of the faith. You know, God responds to faith, what that looks like in a very practical way, and uh, I love this text. Luke chapter 7, starting with verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. And there a centurion servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. And the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they, re, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. And that is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word. Ever since say the word. Say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, I want you to, we're gonna unpack this story, but I want you to see a few things here that are really important. It's a true story. This is not a parable. This is Jesus having a direct story with a real person, okay? And within that, we see that a sick person who's about to die has a barrier between that person and the Son of God who can heal him. There's a barrier in the way. There were political and ethnic barriers. This man, a Roman centurion, was an officer in the military of the Roman army, they were occupiers of that land, considered to be oppressors of the Jews, and they were not supposed to cross ethnic and political lines. But this particular man, this centurion, lived in a different way. He worked to benefit the people around him in his community. The elders that were a part of the story, the city leaders, said, hey, this guy built a synagogue for us, in other words, he cares about us. Do you know that when you live your life in a way for the benefit of others, they respect you? When it's not just to directly benefit you when you care about other people around you, they respect you, that's the way this guy was. And when he gained respect of the elders, he utilized his influence for the benefit of his servant. He asked the elders to ask Jesus to come and heal his valued servant. Some versions say slave. It was a part of the, the superstructure of the culture at the time. And he didn't have to do that, but he cared enough to do it. He used his influence for the betterment of others. But just before arriving to the house as Jesus walked, the centurion sends out an odd message because Jesus actually comes his way. And look at verse six. It says, he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But But say the word and my servant will be healed. You know what he does? even though he is in a ranking position over all Jews, including Jesus, he humbles himself enough, and he says, listen, this guy has a higher status than me. I don't deserve to have you come here. I'm not worthy to come to you. That's what he's saying in here. But secondly, he doesn't stop with his humility and saying, well, I just can't ever talk to God. He still presses through and says, but I know if you say the word, my servant will be healed. And you're like, why is he doing this? Well, look at his rationale in verse eight. It says, for I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, And he goes, and that one come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. He says, I am a man under authority. I'm a person under authority. Men and women alike, we can say this. If you have this kind of attitude that the centurion had, that internal wiring, that he was under authority. Militaries all around the world the stability and the strength of the military is dependent on every person being under the cover or authorized by a higher-ranking officer. It is absolutely essential, or the, the armies won't succeed. They'll fall apart. And This man has lived his life in that, that mindset. And even though he had authority at one level, he accepted this thought. That his power came from someone else. That he was a person under authority. That if he was gonna do something or if anything was gonna get done by anybody else, it was gonna be done through the lines of authority. He learned this by working through the ranks. And he sees the solution for breakthrough as simple get word to the person at the top, the one who is in authority. And when he hears about Jesus, he's saying, I recognize this guy is the one on top. And so he's willingly coming underneath that authority, day one. He doesn't have to know Jesus, he doesn't have to know everything about Jesus, he just recognizes he's the authority. So if my servant is gonna get healed, I gotta go to the one in charge. And this moment stuns Jesus. Look at it in verse 9. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Jesus equates obedience and authority structure with faith. In fact, if you understand authority, you'll understand faith. If the one in authority sends orders or a word, then everything under the authority has to yield to those orders, They're the mission orders, if you will. And so he knows if Jesus just sends the word, everything in the spirit dimension, everything in the physical dimension, everything must obey the commanding officer's orders. I mean, no, Jesus is that. Now, this is something that is hidden throughout all of Scripture, this idea that we need to come under authority. In fact, God does something in response to those that are under his authority. In Psalm 107, verse 19, it says, Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. How many want him to send out his word? And then after Jesus' death and resurrection, Paul is speaking of Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is coming up underneath it. And to finish this story, Jesus responds with the authority and he sends the word. And it says in verse 10, then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Come on, somebody. So hidden within this, I want you to hear me today because I believe that God is going to speak to all of us at different levels of our understanding of the scripture, of our own story. And I want to encourage you, if you hear what God is saying into this, and you catch this, I, I, can, I think it's going to change your story. I think it has the ability to improve your optimism. It can, can bring peace into your life. When you come underneath God and his authority, when you surrender to Jesus and his authority, listen, powerful things are released in your life. The fruit of the spirit is one of them. You're able to be underneath the benefits of heaven when you come under heaven. Can I get an amen to that? Now, Jake Schoenberger, um, one of our watchmen, why don't you come on up here, Jake? He and I were walking on Wednesday night here in Spring Lake Park. We have our prayer meeting. It was a great prayer meeting on Wednesday night. We walk in the the room, and and then I said, hey, I want to get out, and I want to see what's going on with the youth ministry. So we walked in, saw middle school, and Pastor Allie was preaching it up, and we saw high school, and there was a whole bunch of small groups that were meeting in there, and then they had an end time of of challenge and and prayer. And while we were observing the the small group time in the high school ministry, um, Jake shared with me a story that I want you to share right now to the people. What happened to you, bro?
1: Appreciate it. So about a year and a half, two years ago, a friend of mine called me and he had purchased a cabin on some acreage and wanted me to help him clear some trees out. So we gathered our stuff, went up there on a Friday morning, and uh, we started cutting four or five hours into it. Pretty much had what I thought he wanted down, down, and, uh, I, you know, I asked him, is there anything else, he said, yeah, there's this one, one tree over here that I'd really like to try to get down, so we walked over to it, looked at it, and it was, it was just a tree that, I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way, it just was ugly, it was dead, it was fall, had fallen into another, another tree, so I said, yeah, we, let's take it down, um, so I got down by it and I looked up front and he, he was about 20, 25 feet in front of me. I said, you don't want to stand there. I said, why don't you move? So he proceeded to walk her um, over uh, out of the, my vision and uh, he was somewhere back here. I started chainsaw, started cutting. Three quarters of the way through, I did another glance and, and he, was, he was nowhere to be seen. Cut the tree, it fell down, took a couple steps back, I looked up see what was going on, and it had rolled in the tree at the top, and it started coming right towards me. Pretty good-sized tree. It wasn't a little sapling. So I immediately took two more steps back, and I was immediately hugged by something. And as I was still going back, I saw two feet that weren't mine, and I realized that my friend had walked from here over around me pretty much right behind me. So as we were going down, I realized I had a running chainsaw in my hand. I threw that. <laughs> Praise God, nothing was going to get cut off. And then I realized, oh yeah, this, this tree is now still falling on us. A split second later, I took the brunt of it. Um, it had pretty much just went right on my right-hand side. Uh, a big knot in it had gone to the left, bruised my ribs, all down the right side. Took my right foot, hyperextended it, pretty much just drove it into the ground. But my ankle on the inside was pretty much annihilated. Um, it was excruciating pain. Right then and there, I knew there was a, a major problem. We we got out from under the tree. Uh, my my friend said, "Yeah, I, I think I think we're done for the day." And I said, "Yeah, we're. <laughs> I said yeah, we're done." So we made this made a way back to his cabin and. And uh, by that time, the adrenaline had, had worn off, and I was, I was really, really feeling the pain on a scale of 1 to, one to 10. It was a 100. And uh, we loaded up our stuff, or he did, um, made the hour-and-a-half trip back home. He got everything unloaded. I made my way inside. I, I couldn't walk. I hobbled in. Massive pain, scooted up the stairs, got cleaned up, sat on a chair, and immediately started, you know, uh, Tylenol and Advil, just rotating them every four hours. Ice pack, slept with them on. It was it was horrible. I didn't get much sleep. Friday night, Saturday night, same thing. Nothing was changing. Um, not much sleep on Saturday. So Sunday came. My wife and kids. I've already apologized to my wife in the first service because she <laughs> didn't hear all of the whole tree falling, she just thought I had a bad sprained ankle.
0: <laughs>
1: That's what I told her, I apologize again. Um, anyway, uh, Sunday came and she said, you're gonna stay here? I said, yeah, she said, you're, you're in bad pain. And I said, yeah. I'd made up the mind when they left, made up my mind, excuse me, when they left, is that I was gonna, when they came home, go to the hospital, it was, it was bad. So I watched church from online, something I had never done, um, went to the website, pulled it up, Pastor Nate was preaching, um, I, I listened to the sermon, and at the end, they, they always give a, a salvation prayer, which I love, but then he, said, then he said, I want to pray a blessing over you, a final blessing, and I want you to hold out your hands like you're receiving something from God. And I want to pray healing over you. And that was me. That, today, that was me. I, I had joked that to God, like, I, I don't have time for this. Like, I got things going on, and, and I, I don't have time for this. And he didn't care at that point in time. But today, Pastor, that day, Pastor Nate prayed healing over bodies. And I lifted my hands. And I lifted everything I possibly could that day. And, and I accepted it. And I agreed with that prayer. And I closed my laptop, set it off to the side, and what I remember is I noticed that that my ankle, I felt the, the warmth of the cold pack, and I thought, oh, I needed to go. I need to go get another one. And I, I got out of the chair, and I limped a couple limps like I had been the last, you know, almost 72 hours. And I looked down, and I had put pressure on my right foot. And I remember slowly just putting all my pressure onto it and I had
0: absolutely no pain. Mm. <laughs> glory to God, glory Thank to God. You. Thank you, Jake. And I would just say this, uh, when it comes to anybody that's online, you have no idea what God is doing. He just sends the word, amen? One more time, give it up to the Lord. He just does his work. And here's what I, I really, really want you to catch. Jesus loves and wants to do, answer our prayers. He wants to meet with us. I don't understand why he doesn't do everything right away. But I'm not going to let my concern of the how stop me from asking for his, his answer now. Does that make sense? I'm going to keep looking his way and trusting him. But hidden within this story in Luke chapter 7... There's a really critical, some things in here that I want you to catch if you're going to see this kind of activity in your life, if you're praying for somebody you love or you care about or you're thinking about other people and you want to see them set free, well, what kind of faith does that take? And I want to give you three vital components for breakthrough faith. Just real quick, the first one is this, accept God's authority. I mean, you know, that may seem obvious, you're in church, da da but I, I, I'm going to tell you, it takes work to say yes to God, to surrender to him, and to follow him, and believe that in the long run, he's going to shield you from calamity, and he's going to provide for you, especially in suffering at times. It can be difficult to say, well, I, where is God when I hurt, right? And I want to just say, accept his authority, his capacity, He's the one in charge. That's what this centurion did. And in a sense, it's the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with what? Some of your heart? No, all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. There has to be an ability to lean into that. And I have to tell you that in modern society, every force is working against us trusting in the Lord and coming underneath his authority and accepting his authority. I mean, think about it. The corruption of, of bad leaders can, can put a, a bad taste into our mouth for other leaders. Um, sometimes people grow up in a family where maybe you had a, a parent that was abusive or, or not a good parent, and, and it can put something in you that toward other leaders in your life. And the enemy works to cut off your respect of accepting God's authority by working on earthly authorities in your story. Or if you open up social media and you were to scroll through people's opinions and criticisms about leaders of every type, there's an endless stream of it. It's like, it's like our breakfast, it's our lunch, it's our dinner. It's like a part of the air we breathe. It's toxic. Anti-authoritarianism. In education, it's it's woven itself in to distrust all institutions, all leadership, all any kind of form of authority. It's because there's corruption in one area, we throw out everything else. But I want you to know that there is a good authority. That God does establish truth. And just because somebody steps outside of of God's truth doesn't mean that God needs to be thrown out with the bathwater. And I want you to know that if we don't watch it, our Ere we breathe, the toxic criticism of the era, the, the, the anti-authoritarian uh, movement of every level of social media, to education, to business, to entertainment, all the way across the board, we can begin to act that way towards God if we're not careful. There can become a rebellion against God. The, the end times, the, the New Testament calls it the word Lawlessness. No authority, nobody stepping in, nobody defending the hopeless because laws hurt people. We need to get rid of those. And rebellion, the scripture tells us, is like witchcraft. Witchcraft is relying on a different power than God's power. In 1 Samuel 15, Saul had used a witch, had used another. Um, source. He did what he wanted to do in his own eyes instead, instead of what God wanted him to do. And this is the prophet's response, God's word to him in verse 23. says, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Church, I just want to say this. We need to be careful that the spirit of lawlessness of the age doesn't seep into our own head and hearts where we do what's right in our own eyes. We're disobedient to God and then we don't come underneath and accept his authority. Romans chapter one, Paul is speaking. He says, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God. That phrase alone. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Let me just say this. Let's not become like the world around us and conform to the world around us. Let's say, God, I trust you. I don't understand everything going on in my life. I don't understand why our government is the way it is. Yes, there are evil people there, But I trust you, and I choose to take my worry to you instead of social media. I'm gonna take my worry, I'm not gonna take my source of fixing the problem from any place, but from you. And so I come right back to you. This is why the psalmist would throw their complaints up to God, that's the one place it's okay to do it. Because God is the one that answers and hears our cries. And he takes Israel out of Egypt. Come on, somebody. Because he cares about the people's needs. Three vital components components for breakthrough faith. Number one is accept God's authority. Number two is humble yourself with earthly authority over you. This is the more tough one, right? Because while I only want to humble myself and follow people if I like them or I agree with them, but that's not the way that Scripture teaches us. 1 Peter chapter five, verse five. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes who? The proud, but gives grace to who? The humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Now, one little footnote, and then I'm gonna dive into this thought. The footnote is this. If you are suffering from abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, uh, some kind of verbal abuse that's bad, listen, I'm not telling you to accept that. In fact, if you're going through abuse, call the police. Even in the church, there are some people that have carried on the previous generation. You saw somebody violent in your home, so you're, now you're doing that to your wife. Well, you need to go to jail, buddy, where you can submit your heart and let God begin to change you. You can't get away with that. Is that a little strong? I'm just saying, I'm, when we go into the authority talk, I'm not talking about you need to just put up with whatever abuse is there. Actually, godly leadership has a, a certain vein to it that we, we need to follow Jesus' way. I'm, I'm committed to raising up shepherd-hearted leaders. Good shepherds lay their life down for the sheep, not take something from them. ha. Uh-huh. So be careful on this one, all right? So that's my little footnote. The truth is, though, the majority of the authorities in our life are there, and God has placed them there. And if we don't learn to submit to God through them, then we're going to stay where we're at, whatever level of life we're in. Because God opposes the proud. You want a promotion, but you don't want to respect your boss. God opposes the proud. And it's not just... On the outward, it's also in here, in here. Because we do think we know better. Every level of my journey, there have been people that I've disagreed with that have been an authority over me. But God didn't give me their title or their job, their authority. So if I'm upset with them and I don't like what they're doing, why didn't God give me their job? My issue is with God. Yeah, Now this gets a little bit deeper now, doesn't it? There's a little boy that's in church and he keeps standing up in church on the chair and bouncing up and down and distracting people around and mom is getting embarrassed. She says, sit down. And then he popped back up and looking all over and embarrassing mom and sit down. And finally, last time she said, sit down. And I said, stay down. He crosses his arms and he said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying, church? How many of us are adults and we're standing up on the inside? I'm just going to tell you, when you humble yourself, in the inward parts, and you trust that God is over earthly authority. And you might have complaints, you might be mistreated, might be overlooked for a promotion, whatever it may be. But you humble yourself, God sees it. And how many know he owns the whole chessboard? And if he sees a heart that is sitting down on the inside, that is humbly walking amongst the leaders of the year, then God says, I'm gonna take this girl higher. I'm gonna take care of this guy. I'm gonna hear their prayer. You have to know what lane God has assigned you to and stay in the lane until God moves you to a different lane. Your real issue isn't the person in authority. The real issue is with God. And when you humble yourself before God, he takes care of the problem for you. You're like, but he doesn't do it fast enough. Hey, now. God still opposes the proud. And he's not always on our stopwatch. He's got his own calendar. Can I get an amen to that? Three vital components for breakthrough faith. Number one, accept God's authority. Number two, humble yourself with earthly authority over you. And the third is this, guard your mouth. Guard your mouth, James chapter three, verse seven. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. James is saying, hey, listen, let's talk about this mouth. The centurion the same mouth that sends word to Jesus and Jesus is measuring his faith because he was under authority outside of this moment Jesus sees his respect of authority as a clean spring so to speak if James are speaking that this is true he's under authority so he can take authority He can ask for the authority of heaven in his story. For us today, if we're sending words to Jesus and asking for breakthrough, then we need to make sure our words match our faith. If we're constantly criticizing authority, behind the scenes, talking behind people's backs, then we are not under authority and we lack Jesus' definition of faith. Our faith lacks authority to break through for others, so we gotta clean up our speech, amen? If we safeguard the words coming out of our mouths, if we humble ourselves before God, confess truth, if we choose to submit to his path and his plan, then Jesus can truly say to us, I see a person under authority. I'm gonna send the word. I don't know about you, but I wanna be a man who is under authority, like this person said. If you're a woman, you should be able to say, I am a woman who is under authority. It's not something to be proud about if you're not under authority. Actually, it's the opposite. If I want God to, Jesus, I wanna catch his attention, then I gotta be a person under authority. In my heart, I gotta live this way. That doesn't mean it's easy, and it doesn't mean everything is perfect. It doesn't mean the people that you're underneath are absolutely stellar Christians. Many of those people are not. But in my heart, if I'm underneath their authority, and I'm underneath heaven's authority, and then I call out to God for my son or my friend who's away from Jesus or the backslider that I once knew went to church with me or I'm thinking about my next-door neighbor that needs a healing or I need somebody to to break through in prayer because they can't pray on their own. I want to be the kind of person that Jesus is amazed at because I'm a person under authority. Can I get an amen to that, church? That's where breakthrough prayer comes from. Today I'm excited because faith is rising as we surrender. Would you stand with me? Church, three vital components for breakthrough faith. Accept God's authority. Secondly, humble yourself with earthly authority over you. And number three, guard your mouth. I just believe that God wants to touch and heal today, that he's gonna to respond to our faith today, and we need to ask God for his grace. And then after we've done that, and we've humbled ourselves, we need to say, say the word, Lord. God wants to hear your voice as a person who is under authority. And to get there, you might need to confess that there's some things coming out of your mouth that need to not come out of your mouth anymore. We should not be like the critical world around us. Believers in Christ, we see the same thing. We know the same facts. We see the frustrations. But if it starts flying out of our mouth, it nullifies our prayers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What if instead we chose to do it Jesus' way? Yes, we saw all those same things, but instead of putting it on blast and social media or talking about uh, over the phone, what if instead we took it to the throne the proper way and we cast our cares on him because he cares for us? Then when we walked away, we have no need to get something off our chest because he is our way instead of going to the patterns of witchcraft when we want to go, process it some other way as if that's going to change anything. The only thing that's going to change it is when we respect and come under and accept the authority of heaven. And that means even the starting point for us is just to humble ourselves and say, sorry, Lord. Sorry. In fact, just close your eyes all across the room. Church, I just believe that as the scripture says, judgment begins in the house of the Lord we want our our country to change we want people to change in our life but sometimes the cleansing power of God has to come through our lives first and if you're here today and you're just like me you're like, you know what I need I need to watch what's coming out of my mouth I need to I need to sit down on the inside and need to surrender to his way and I, I need to address that in my own life or maybe you've been one of those people that you've just been sharing stuff too much with people instead of talking to God about it. And you know, hey, I need to, I need to address that with the Lord. Nobody's looking around, but you just say, that's me. Go, go and put your hand up. Come on, church. Yeah, yeah. Talking behind people's backs doesn't help anything, but talking to the Lord does. Father, we just come before you. And Lord, I thank you that, Lord, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And as we are here today, Lord, we, we're we sorry. We just say, please forgive us. We repent. Lord, we're sorry that we've been handling things in a way that, that isn't the right way. We're, we've been looking to another source, a different authority to help us out. And, Lord, we choose to turn away from that. Lord, we want, Lord, to, there to be nothing but purity on the inside of our heart and we come underneath the authority of heaven we accept your authority in our life even now we accept what you want to do in our story and then lord we also ask that lord that you would as we humble ourselves oh god that you would lord help us to step up and and just say say the word send the word lord after we've surrendered to you and we received that that humble movement of heaven. I pray, oh God, that Lord, that we would be mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, that we would not hold back and just say, well, I'm not good enough and and I can't come around Jesus, but Lord, we we would send word to you that we would trust your authority. You're the one over every other thing that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And there is no problem on the earth. There's no problem any family. There's no problem any individual or any society. There is not underneath you. Your authority is over all. And so, Lord, we come to you. We surrender to you. We say, oh, God, humbly, Lord, we trust you. Would you send the word and heal our land? Would you send the word and change people's hearts? Would you send your word and heal the sick? Would you send your word, oh, God, and turn the story around? We trust in you. There is no other God but you. We put our hope, our faith in you. And, Lord, our life matches that. We choose to... Be like that centurion, to be a person under authority, knowing how it works. We trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.
1: Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.